Hi guys, it's Booty. So excited for today's guest, for you to hear who today's guest is. I'm so honored to have my friend Tammy Tibbetts. Tammy Tibbetts drives the fundraising and communication strategy of She's the First. It's a nonprofit that fights gender inequality by educating girls and training students. To date, she's led She's the First through nine years of positive financial growth and manages more than one million in assets annually. She's known for building remarkable teams and creating compelling ways for supporters to get involved in the mission at all levels. Tammy is a frequent keynote speaker and panelist and has done three TEDx talks. Over the years, her work has been shortlisted in Marie Claire's 20 Women Changing the World, in Forbes 30 Under 30, Times 30 Under 30 World Changers, and in Fast Company's Most Creative People in Business. Currently, she's working on a book project with her co-founder, Kristen Brandt, to help individuals craft their own personal impact plans using the frameworks and philosophies that have made She's the First successful. Tammy is a proud first-generation college graduate who attended the College of New Jersey, earning a BA in journalism, summa cum laude. Although voted most shy in her high school yearbook, she is anything but that today. Whether she's speaking on stage or being a clown in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, yes, that really happened. She started her career at Hearst Magazines, where she launched three profitable digital properties and became 17's inaugural award-winning social media editor. Really, really honored. I've known Tammy since we got our start in 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 life, really, right, right after college. So it, it's just an honor to have her here. Um, and yeah. Uh, I'll just take it from there. Thank you, Tammy. Hi, this is Booty, and you're listening to Seven Questions. Seven Questions is where I ask world leaders and people I find fascinating seven questions. I can't tell you how excited I am today to have my friend Tammy. Oh my God, Tammy's amazing, uh, and you'll soon see why, but uh, she is the co-founder uh, and I want to say CEO, I may put you this, but good thing she is a friend, I can uh, have some grace here, but she's the co-founder and CEO of a nonprofit organization called She's the First, and I've known her for years, and uh, she's here with me right now, and I'm so excited to welcome her to Seven Questions. Tammy Tibbetts, how are you? Oh, thanks, Jeff. Look how far we've come. Look how far we've come, Since I know. Since our magazine editor days. I know. Look how far we've come. How are you feeling today? I feel good. It's Friday. It it's is spring. Friday. It's spring. We're in New York, guys. By the way, I know I'm either in L.A., New York, or I could be anywhere, but today we're in New York, and it's spring. Uh, although it was freezing raining earlier, it's, right now it's good. Yeah, it's technically spring. It's technically spring, yes. It's past the 20th, so I'll take it. Um, but no, thank you. Last time, guys, I was here in New York, and uh, I had forgotten my my questions, and so Tammy was gracious enough to reschedule. She is a busy woman, and I'm honored to, one, call her friend, and two, that she made time again uh, to play seven questions. So thank you, Tammy. Oh, thank you for letting me shake this box. Uh, are you ready? Yeah. All right. So for those who are listening, um, Tammy does not know the questions in advance. And as we go, she'll, you know, basically, you know, pick a question. And would you like to answer the question as well? Um, answer the question. Would you like to uh, read the question as well? Or would you like me to read it when you pick it? 
You can read it. Okay. All right. We're going to start with question one, guys. Big deep. Question one. They're laminated. Yeah, they're <laughs> laminated. Oh, I love this question. I love all the questions. But this one I love, too. Best advice you've gotten and used. What's the best advice you've gotten and used? Because you know how we get so much advice, and mm-hmm. a lot of it we don't use. Uh, and I love this question because it allows our listeners and people who know you to know, okay, Tammy's probably gotten a lot of advice starting this company and mm-hmm. in life. What's something that you've gotten that you're like, I'm going to stick, I'm going to use that? Yeah, I definitely have gotten a lot of advice <laughs> because I'm lucky to have so many mentors and advisors. Um the piece of advice, though, that really I've never forgotten came from my first boss at Hearst. Oh, okay. And uh, he was once, uh, I think I gathered interns together for a lunch and learn, mm-hmm. and he was the featured guest, and he said, don't let perfection get in the way of better. Mm. And it was, um, I don't know, it's just, of all the advice, it is the quote that has most stuck with me. Um, probably because I have um, a perfectionist nature yeah. as a as an overachiever, um, and it it's just such a great reminder that all you could ever do is just try to outdo yourself and be better, mm-hmm. rather than um, try to hold yourself to this standard um, that you become so overwhelmed um, or doubtful that you don't even take the next step forward mm-hmm. so don't let perfection get in the way of better i love that I lo- I have, that's one i have not heard yeah. yet thanks chris johnson i chris, still talk about you that's awesome <laughs> wait so do you know if that was his original quote or that he oh uh, you know i think people there's so many ways of saying it don't let perfection be the enemy of good yeah um just that phrasing of it i just love it yeah i've never heard that before uh, in that way yeah mm-hmm. i was just like i've never heard that and i've heard a lot of quotes well, question one, done. Question two. Ah, question two, another great one. What are you most grateful for? Oh, most grateful for? There are many things, but I think the... I'm trying to like trace it back to the root, um, and that would be my parents, mm. because... You know, I'm very fortunate that I have two loving parents who supported my sister and my happiness and never tried to control what our dream was of what we wanted to do, you know, when we That's grew up. Huge. And yeah. um, <laughs> you know, specifically while I am the first in my family to go to college, my parents financed that. My dad worked mm. overtime hours and um, you know, and and my mom took on so many of the, the household responsibilities so he could do that. Um, and I ended up going to the College of New Jersey and pursuing journalism. Mm. Um, they never, you know, were one of those parents who were like, you need to be a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah. Um, I could have done whatever I wanted. And journalism, you know, was my passion and still skill sets that I use every day. And I landed my dream job working yeah. at Hearst. A few years later, even I achieved success in that, yeah. but then I had the idea for She's the First, and after it grew, and I realized I wanted to pursue it full-time yeah. as an entrepreneur and like fundraise for my own salary, and I told my parents, they never questioned it. Wow. Um, and I think that I hope to be a 
parent like that someday who's not overbearing and mm-hmm. um, they set me up for success in many ways you know everything from teaching me to write thank you notes when you know my aunt would send me five dollars for my birthday mm. um, and you could imagine like how how useful of a skill that is when you're in fundraising and you yeah. need to show your donors appreciation um, but really like my college education, without that, I wouldn't have been on the trajectory to go into magazines. Um, I wouldn't have had my discovery of mm. girls' education being the issue I care most about. So, parents, mom and dad, I am most grateful for you. That is awesome. That is awesome. And I love that you said that because I think, and not just that you said that you explained it the way you did, because. I've done enough of these now and I've t- talked to enough friends where parents are such a big role model or not <laughs> and someone's influence on where they go. And so how you explained it is is, is such a gift. Um, and I hope those out there listening, um, you know, if you don't have parents like that, I hope that you find someone, maybe a mentor uh, that you know believes in you the way Tammy's parents just believed in her. So mm-hmm. that's amazing. Like, that's such a it's such for some people it's such a hot topic because mm-hmm. um, not everyone has parents that just lets them be um, and so I'm like wow that's incredible that's, I don't think I've met your parents yet I've seen them I've met your sister I don't think I've met your parents oh well you have to come not yet one she's day she's the first yes, 10th day. birthday bash okay they great will be there. when is that October? October 24th yes you mentioned it last year okay. 17th street just down the block <laughs> okay I'm like wait awesome wow that has me emotional alright question three Ooh, question three. What's been the most difficult choice you've had to make to fulfill your destiny? Hmm. You know, I was having a conversation with my co-founder, Kristen, the other day about questions that ask, you know, your biggest regret, your biggest mistake, um, most difficult choice. I feel like my brain is wired to, like, not remember them. I hang on to the positive things. Mm. Um, Gosh, well, first of all, the fact that I don't have to answer this question by saying, um, you know, the answers that the girls that she's the first serves, girls around the world have to make difficult choices every single day um, that impact their their safety, their well-being. So, the fact that I have to pause is such a privilege. Um, the most difficult choice I've had to make. So with that context that, you know, this answer is coming from a place of privilege, um, I would say it was having to push myself outside of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I had a, even you know, in spite of the loving childhood adolescence I had, I was very shy. Mm. And it took a lot of work on myself like when I went to college to just step out of that and become more of my authentic self. Um, and then once I did that, I pursued journalism and found confidence in my words. Mm. But then, you know, fast forward several more years and suddenly like I I'm a CEO not a journalist and you have to combat the negative self-talk that 
you question like why why am I doing this like no one taught me accounting and, yeah. <laughs> um, in school and um, yeah and I think the most difficult choice it's really the everyday choice that yeah. you make to show up in spite of not knowing everything and um, feeling sometimes insecure that you're the right leader mm-hmm. or the strongest leader um, when the truth is that if you're the one who keeps showing up and choosing to say, yes, I'm going to give this my best, mm. then, yeah, you're the person to do it. Um, so, yeah, I can't say it's like some dramatic choice. Fortunately, I haven't, I'm sure that will come someday. Um, so today it's just been the, you know, the everyday choice to, to show up and trust myself uh, in spite of the, you know, enormous like financial pressure of having to fundraise for an organization that so many um girls and people depend on yep that's yeah i don't know like just taking that in i completely understand uh thank you for answering that authentically i could feel it question three done how are you feeling this is fun all right we could do the whole box if you want (laughs) you want to shake the box yeah all right question four makes you feel most alive today like this very day today that's what we have right this day (laughs) I would say made you get up this morning you know it's like what makes what makes you be like okay I have to oh, get I up oh I can tell you what I did <laughs> last <laughs> night that it was so I spoke on March 1st to FedEx's women's group mm-hmm. and as a thank you um the the woman I know at FedEx invited me to be her guest at Madison Square Garden for the Billy Joel concert very cool and they FedEx has a suite so I like went through the VIP entrance you know, I don't have, like, a lifestyle of doing VIP things. I love VIP. So I was just, like, <laughs> jaw-dropping moment of, like, being up there in this suite and looking down on the whole sold-out stadium, which isn't Billy Joel, like, the most sold-out artist of all time yeah. for Madison Square Garden. And looking... yeah, And I'm, I'm someone who... Um, I know Billy Joel's hits just because whether my parents played the music or my best friend Rachel did when we mm. were roommates or movie soundtracks yeah I'm like the amount of movies it was so surreal to Mm. be there like listening to the music that is familiar to just so many people Mm -hmm. music that was created you know the year we were born and before we were born and yet it's like in instilled in our culture it's Mm -hmm. so iconic um you know I never expected to have that opportunity to just take it all in Mm. um so I guess that makes me feel alive that, especially in New York, but this could be anywhere you live, when, um, you know, those kind of things can happen at any moment. Yeah. You know, someone could reach out, as as this woman did, and said, hey, are you free tomorrow night? It wasn't something that was planned out. Planned out, yeah. We were like scheduling, rescheduling, yeah, um, spontaneous. So I would yeah. say what what could hopefully make us all feel more alive is to seek out those Spon- or say yes to the spontaneous invitations, mm. whether you know it's Billy Joel or something else, yep. 
because you never know what it could be to yeah. or say originally you know I said yes to the invitation to speak to this women's group and yeah. you never know what yeah, something could be to yeah that's so cool that's awesome that's crazy Billy Joel still kicking it yeah <laughs> question five <laughs> I'm trying not to look at it. I love it. All right. It's a little question. This is. Ooh. I'm curious, actually, to know your response to this. I've known you a good amount of years now, but I don't know how you would answer this. Um, what do you think is the meaning of life? That's a big question. It is. I or would not. say <laughs> the meaning of life is to create a legacy and leave something behind that is going to live, outlive you. Mm. Um, making the, the life of other people better, whether, you know, it's, oh, let me turn off my sound here. Uh, sorry about that. Whether it is through your philanthropy work or your nonprofit volunteering that you help someone who didn't have the same opportunities as you mm. have the chance, you know, just for... Um, basic opportunities Mm -hmm. or internships or whatever it is Um, or it could be you know in your own taking care of your own family Um, being part of movements I think is something that's critical and that can feel really overwhelming like what what could you know one person do to change the world you know, I strongly believe you don't have to found a nonprofit organization, and um, I think it's great if you can find ways of volunteering or donating to one if that's in your means. Um, but change happens as a collective; it's not one person, you know, setting out to do something. In some cases, it could that could be a piece of it. You know, it could start out that way, um, but it's making sure that you know you you voted and made sure your voice counted and you were an ally to marginalized groups and mm. you spoke up, you know, even if it was among uh, a group of friends to change people's minds. Mm-hmm. It seems so small, but if everyone is doing that, mm-hmm. then change happens. And to, to be part of a generation that um, kind of shifts the needle on some things is really exciting. Um, and to make sure that you're just leaving a positive message behind in some way with what, especially if you're a creative person with yeah. the things that you create and publish in the world, um, given our background in publishing yes, and what you're doing now with this podcast, creating something that's going to inspire others mm-hmm. and create a ripple effect. I think that's the meaning of life. I love that. So eloquently said. I'll just leave it there. Question six. Uh, what do you do to find peace when at times there is noise all around you? Finding peace. I, would, I have two answers to this question. One, I'm an introvert by nature. So like this weekend, I have no plans and I'm going to go to a, a coffee shop and journal and read and um, talk to my best friend and like do food shopping and food planning and just... Mm-hmm. Things that aren't sitting at my screen and doing mm-hmm. work, but that recharge me. 
um, I find that whenever I'm getting um, stressed about something, if I just do a brain dump and put it on paper and write it out, mm. write the things that are causing me fear, anxiety, stress, then they're less scary. So that that mm. then brings me peace. Um, and two it is, or, or doing things like fitness and yoga, I think strengthening yourself physically does a lot to strengthen you mentally. Um, and the second is now um, Michael, my husband, he is someone that I can turn to um, just to have a, to do something that's non-work related and, and fun, or even if it's a conversation mm-hmm. while we're still long distance. Um, before Michael, it was, you know, Rachel, my best friend, yeah. who was also my roommate. Like having a friend or a partner who you can just hang out with and turn off, you know, leave the phone somewhere else, yeah. mm-hmm. step away from the computer, that is always very peaceful. I love that. I agree. I agree with all of that. (laughs) And go outside. And go outside. Yes, nature. Especially if spring is here. Or if you like winter too, I guess. (laughs) Some people like to ski. Some people love to ski, yes. Remember when we went skiing? Oh my God, I was going to say Rachel Jeff was on my first ski trip on the bunny slope. Ski excelled. I I never (laughs) made it anywhere. You You still don't ski? No, it's not for me. I don't like having my feet locked into boards. Oh. Got it. What about, um, what is that thing called? Uh, what the tube? The tubing? Would you do that? Um, I, could, <laughs> I mean, I could try it. Yeah, but it's like you're just kind of like snow tu- tubing down, like you're not. Yeah, I like ice skating. Okay. All I can do is go in circles. Circles, yeah, that, yeah. Well, that makes That's still ice or, you It's know, a winter sport. Winter sport, yes. Yeah. Winter sport. And that takes skill too, balance. It's another form of balance. Yeah. Being up on a blade is not easy yeah. for a lot of people, so. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, yeah, I just, like, forgot about that. Oh, my God. Good times. Last question. Uh, all right. Well, Make it good. What's your favorite question. Uh, no, they're all my favorite. <laughs> uh, this is, yeah, this is a great one to end on. Uh, so you've, yeah, I love this one. What's your motivation to succeed? Question seven. Oh, that's an easy, that's the easiest question of all to answer. <laughs> I love um, it, though. It's such a great question. But not everyone knows what motivates you. I am so motivated by the girls and young women who are part of She's the First, and I I can brag about a couple of them. Um, one, Ellie is, I call her famous now, because Michelle Obama posted about her on Instagram for International Women's Day. Cool. She got to meet Mrs. Obama last October on International Day of the Girl, when yep. she launched the Global Girls Alliance, and Ellie was in New York to speak at our event. And Mrs. Obama had a, a roundtable discussion with I don't know, like 15 to 20 girls. Ellie ended up sitting right next to her. And they went around the circle. Each girl shared her story. And Mrs. Obama was just you know, captivated with each and every one of them and gave them her full attention. And then when Ellie told her story, um, you know, she, she told her you know, in her community how she had planted a seed and mm. how proud she was of her. Ellie's the youngest of nine kids and the first to graduate not only high school but then university. Um, and she she's now in our fellowship program where yeah. we're helping her um, you know, incubate her community service project, which really is, is 
bigger than a community service project. Like it's becoming a, a nonprofit of its own. Um, as it's called her journey to school, and Ellie has been bringing parents and stakeholders and elders in her community together to talk about how they better support girls. Mm-hmm. A lot of that revolves around their sexual education, um, and she's she's mentored so many girls. Um, and most recently was invited to attend a conference in Egypt for young leaders. And she's just someone I'm so proud to know and to you know have met several years ago and been on this journey of, of watching her graduate. Mm. And, and she just never stops, you know, <laughs> like can't stop, won't stop, yep. our, new, uh-huh. our new motto. <laughs> um, and then Maheshwari uh, in, so Ellie's in Tanzania, Maheshwari is now a graduate of high school and university, like her undergrad, and got her master's in um, biogenetics. She's a neurotechnician, and now she scrubs into surgeries where she monitors um, patients' brain waves when they're getting tumors removed from their brain mm. or their body. Um, and she's literally smarter than me. Um, I, that's the best I can explain her job. I'm sure yeah. it's more complicated than that. Um, but she is you know, now the breadwinner in her family and a, a tremendous role model to the you know her niece and, and the younger girls in her family and in her village where no other woman like has reached this level of education. Mm. Um, and she went into this field so that she could erase stigmas around mm. um, health complications and and bring healthier practices into into her community and country and also so incredibly hardworking and they're just two examples out of you know thousands um but these girls and now young women they just never never give up Mm -hmm. um so their energy like always feeds back into mine Mm -hmm. And um, those two in particular, I'm really proud to, they're graduates of the program and our partners programs, but they're also, they've become friends and I think the world of them. Wow. No, that's amazing. Those stories are so cool um, to hear because, uh, you know, I, I follow, but there's so many stories. So just pointing out those two, uh, just a reminder of like the work you're doing and the impact you're making. So that's amazing. Um, and it's cool to see you light up, which you can't see on podcasts. As someone's, um, you know, you can't see the expressions uh, and how they light up when they talk about you know, the work they're doing. Um, especially, when I can tell when it's exciting that person, and I can see that. So, uh, you know, thank you. <laughs> like, thank you for that. Oh, yeah, um, my pleasure. And there's videos on both of those young women. So if you want to link to them, then people. Perfect. Can, yeah, can we see can do that. Visually. Um, two things before we wrap up. One is how can people support, um, you know, let people know how they can support. And then second, uh, who would you like to nominate? Okay. Well, you can support She's the First by, uh, I'm assuming most people are on social media and Instagram. So just follow us, mm-hmm. especially on Instagram, because then you can really connect with what we're doing. And if we post a campaign that you want to be involved in, you'll know about it first. So at She's the First um, and of course, on our website, she's the first.org, you can learn more. Um, and if you'd like to donate, you know, you can always, that goes a long way no matter how much it is. 
and your donation will support programs that are furthering the dreams and aspirations of girls who will be the first in their families to graduate from high school. Mm. Now my referral, uh, question for you, should they be in LA or New York or anywhere? Uh, the only rule is that they're someone that doesn't work with you and they can be anywhere, um, anywhere in the world. Well, then I have to nominate Rachel. Yes. Rachel oh my God, I love Rachel. My bestie, who is the reason I know Jeff, yes. because she worked at Oprah Magazine back in the day, and um, now she's the CMO of Chatbooks, mm-hmm. which I'm the unpaid spokesperson of because <laughs> I'm obsessed with photo books. They make the most thoughtful, special gifts, um, and she's also, um, you know, a young mom and sets such an example. For me in the future of how you balance a really you know high power job with building a family yeah awesome. <laughs> yes oh my god this is a great reason for us to connect so <laughs> i love this rachel i know how to reach you i will be reaching out to you um this is so cool thank you tammy so much um i really appreciate your time um for those who are listening this is booty and i've had the honor of having my friend tammy play seven questions Uh, If you like this podcast and this episode, please click like, please subscribe, and please comment below to let us know what you think. Thank you so much for listening.